Hey, Westside family. My name is Matt, and I am the co-leader for the Young and Free Group. Thank you for joining us for today's message. We hope that you are blessed by the Word of God through the speaking of our pastors and leaders, and we pray that this leads you into a deeper relationship with Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. We love you, and enjoy. We're going to be reading Acts 3, verses 1 through uh, 8. Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily, this is a good point, at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms from those who enter the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms. And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, Look at us. So he, the lame man, gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold I do not have, for what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. So there's a, a, a couple primary points that is broken down into a few extras. Uh, the first primary point is the fact of looking different. So Peter said, look at us. I don't know if you realize it or not, but there is a look to, to, to our spiritual condition, a look to our faith. There is a look we have when there's worry. There is a look one has when there's fear. There's a look that one has when they're lustful. There's a look that one has when they're angry. Certain looks accompany certain interactions or certain flows that is going on in us. On the same note, Christ in us has a look. I've been used by God at times to uh, exercise demons out of people. And one of the absolute noticeable things that occurs when that demon is exercised is the change of look. Every single time there is a difference in the look. The face structure does not change. The muscles that makes up that face structure doesn't change. The person doesn't go from a skinny face to a fat face or a fat face to a skinny face. But things change. You see it, it's absolutely noticeable. And faith in us and various levels of faith in us also has a look. When God has done a work in us and we have walked with God through some storms, there is a number of changes that occurs in us. And one of the changes 
that occurs is the look that we have. Not the clothes we wear, not the style we, 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 we live with, but it's a look of the soul that is visible on the external aspect of our being. Now, you might be thinking I'm a little crazy, <laughs> and I know this is uh, on the side of Christian mystics, but it's true. There is a change in look. One of the things that God wants us to experience on our journey of faith is the change in the way we look as children of God. As a child of God, he doesn't want you to have the look of fear. As a child of God, he doesn't want you to have the look of anger. As a child of God, he doesn't want you to have the look of skepticism. As a child of God, he doesn't want you to have the look of being defeated. But as a child of God, there's a numerous amount of looks that he wants us to have as a byproduct of our walk with him and our experience with him on our journey of faith. But now what's interesting, for some of us, making the choice to change is just not good enough. We have to go through some Sarah scenarios. We have to go through some storms in which we witness and we experience God allowing us to come out victorious. And out of those storms and out of those scenarios comes a look of faith. A look of being with Jesus. See, our look is important because people need to see the changingness. Have, have, have you ever been with someone at, at, at one point in the year and they went through something that changed them and then you seen them in another part of the year and they just had a look that was different? It's not that they got a new pair of sneakers. It was a change in their soul that was being noticed through their face. See, it's important because there's people in life that needs to see the before and after of our experience. See, it's possible. It's very possible. It doesn't say, so this is an indirect, uh, uh, indirect uh, uh, biblical statement. Uh, it is possible that the lame man had seen them before. Because this is not, was not a new temple. Peter and John wasn't trying out new temples but just because Jesus had left. This was a temple that they had visited most likely on, on numerous amounts of times. And I just read to you that, that the Bible says, And a certain man lame from his, mother womb, his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple. So there was a possibility that this lame man had seen Peter and John on a regular basis. There was a possibility that they had asked the fishermen 
for alms on a regular basis. And there was a possibility Peter looked at him and said, sorry, I can't help you today. Or a possibility that Peter just looked at him and ignored him. Because going to the temple was a regular occurrence and the lame man being there was a regular occurrence. So there was this possibility that this lame man had seen them and he, because he had saw them, there was a view, an idea, an association with their look and the reputation that they had developed between them and him. There's a couple different ways people see change in us. And I'll get back to the verse in a second. Change can be seen when we haven't been seen in a while. A few examples or a couple examples is Joseph after prison. Joseph was sold by his brothers. Joseph went into prison. Then out of prison, Joseph became the second in Egypt. From the time that he was sold to his brothers to the time that he was second command in Egypt, if my numbers is correct, that was about 11 years, he had changed. And when his brothers met him, when he questioned his brothers, when his brothers saw him, they did not know that this was the same man that they had sold into slavery. A distance of time, a change of occurrence and experience had created a different look for Joseph. Moses on Mount Sinai, the Bible teaches us that Moses spent time with God and he began to glow and it freaked the people of Israel out. Samson after prison, he went into prison bald. He was brought out of prison with hair to be set up as a spectacle, as a joke, as a mockery. What was not seen was the strength behind the hair. What was seen was the strength or the weakness without any hair. And the Bible says that they placed his arms between two pillars. And he said a simple prayer. And the last thing that they seen of him was polar opposite of the first thing that they seen in prison. What they saw in prison was weakness. What they saw when he was out of prison was the strength of God through him bringing down the whole Colosseum. Sometimes people seize you in a prison and their association with you in your prison is weakness. But when they see you out of the prison and maybe they do or they don't have an association with you and God. But when they see God in you, what they begin to see is strength. Sometimes we see a change right in front of us. Jesus on Mount Transfiguration, they saw the change. Jesus was glowing. The three disciples, uh, Peter, James, John, they saw the change. They saw the glow. Sometimes you can take someone that has a personality, but yet all a certain type of personality, but all of a sudden, let God use them. Let the power of the Spirit descend down upon them, and right before your eyes, they can change into a warrior for God. You can take a quiet person, let a revelation of the gospel uh, be dropped down into their spirit, and they can raise up like a mighty warrior preacher for Jesus Christ. 
You can take some meek little, uh, meek little elderly lady and let the devil rear its head up, and all of a sudden that little meek elderly woman all of a sudden becomes a prayer warrior like you've never seen before and starts casting out the devil, rebuking the enemy, and exercising deliverance. Sometimes right before our eyes, we can see a change in somebody. Peter wanted the man to look at him. I cannot say exactly why he wanted the man to look at him. But I would like to say he wanted the man to see the difference. Whether he wanted the man to see the difference or not, I believe that the man saw the difference because you cannot not walk with Jesus and not, or you cannot walk with Jesus and not have something change about you. He had walked with Jesus for three years. Peter said, look at us, or look at me. Why did he say? Why did he say, look at me? Look at me. The Bible says in verse 5 that he gave them his attention, attention, expecting to receive something from them. Please, please, please hear this. What people see in you will create an expectation to either receive or not. Do they see fear in you or do they see faith in you? Do they see righteousness in you or do they see unrighteousness in you? Do they see positivity in you or do they see negativity in you? Do they see love in you or do they see hate in you? Do they see kindness in you or do they see meanness in you? What do they see? Because whatever people see in us, will determine an expectation from us. A new level of faith, or faith in a new dimension, is faith that's not just for us, but it's faith in us that's for people without it. You know you are maturing. You know you are growing. You know God is doing a dynamic work in you when your faith is not just about you. Peter had removed himself from a selfish faith to a giving faith. Silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. He had a faith that the lame man didn't have. Just like Jesus had a faith that the disciples didn't have in the boat. Just like David had the faith to kill Goliath when the nation of Israel didn't have the faith. Sometimes God will put us or put somebody in our path that doesn't have the faith that you have. 
The 12 disciples that had been baptized under the baptism of John, but not under the baptism of the Holy Ghost, did not have the faith to receive the Holy Ghost because they had not experienced it. But Paul had the faith of the Holy Ghost. And Paul asked them, have you received the baptism of the Holy Ghost? They said, no, we've never even heard of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And the Bible says that he lay hands and he prayed upon them and they received the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in another tongue. Paul's faith ignited the faith to receive the Holy Ghost in them. Sometimes we're going to come across people, especially in the last days, when the church has lost its influence. The church may lose its influence, and it has lost a lot of influence in society, but the power of Jesus Christ and the faith in Jesus Christ does not have to lose its influence. And how that can happen is when you encounter people that need the faith that God has developed in you, and you say, brother, sister, can I pray for you? And you lay your hands upon them, and in the name of Jesus Christ, your faith interacts with their doubt, but their doubt is transformed by the Spirit in you, and they go from unbelieving to believing, not receiving to receiving, unfilled to filled in the Holy Ghost because of your faith. It's a new dimension of faith, and there is a need for a new faith today. I've been speaking and prophesying for years now that in the last days, the power is not just going to be in the church, but the power is going to be in the highways and the byways. The power is going to be in Walmart. The power is going to be in Target. The power is going to be in the jobs. The power is going to be in the yards. The power is going to be in the parking lot because the power of God is going to manifest to people like you and people like I that has the faith to bring down demons, usher in a miracle, and create a sign and a wonder for God. But it requires a new level and a new dimension of faith. There are some keys or points to the miracle here that we read about. That's very important for us to recognize and even apply to our life so that the faith in us can change and help people that might lack, lack it. Silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. First of all, the first thing we notice is what Peter did not have. Let me tell you this. What we don't have can be just as important as what we have. He didn't have the dollars. He didn't have what the man was really asking for. But he had what the man needed. Maybe you don't have what somebody wants. But maybe you got just what they need. That's good. 
Maybe you don't have wealth to give. Maybe you don't have an education to spare. Maybe you don't have a specific experience that can be relatable. But I guarantee you, you got God that has done something in your life. Peter was not lame. Peter never had to ask or beg for alms. Peter was never set outside of a temple and made a spectacle. Peter could not relate to this man in any form or fashion. But Peter had in him what it would take to change that man's life. What Peter had is Peter had faith. He walked on water. What Peter had was mercy. He denied Christ three times, but yet was given mercy from Jesus. What Peter had was truth. Jesus said, Peter, who do you say I am? He said, the Son of God. Jesus said, God the Father has revealed this to you. What he had was a connection with God. Jesus looked at Peter and said, you will be called Petros. Upon this rock, I will build my church what Peter had was a calling. What Peter had was a power. What Peter had was the Holy Ghost. You have something in you that can meet the needs and change the life of whomever God sends your way. Don't listen to the enemy. And act like you cannot be used, used by God because you're not of a certain status, have a certain amount, been to a certain place, been delivered by, out of a certain circumstance. Jesus was absolutely sinless, but yet he walked in the absolute power of Almighty God. So we see what Peter didn't have. We see what Peter had. And the third is we see who Jesus was. Peter said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. It's very important. Very, very important. So this alludes to the totality or the fullness of Christ. It alludes to Jesus as the Messiah, but it also alludes to Jesus as the man. So he said, silver and gold have I none, but what I give to you, what I have I give to you. In the name, in the covering, in the fullness, by the means of the, uh, 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 the identity of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We know Jesus has four identities. One identity is divine. Three identities is humane. The identity of the king is humane. The identity of the servant is humane. The identity of the man is humane. But the identity as the son of God was divine. So when Peter said to this lame man, 
I, what I have I give to you. Rise up in the name of Jesus Christ. He was coming to this man in the fullness of Jesus. He was coming to this, he was given this man. Jesus, the man, or Jesus in him, the man, who had the authority to die to the flesh, kingly authority to overcome sin in life. He came to that man as a servant. He came to that man just as another human being. But then he also came to that man with the authority of the Son of God that was in him. Am I making sense? If we are going to enter into a new dimension of faith, then we have to allow Jesus, the fullness or the identity of Jesus to work through us. That's Jesus as a, and and, and I've taught this numerous times, but it's very important. Jesus as a king that has the authority over sin. Jesus as a servant who is willing and able to serve the rich, the poor, and everybody in between, the health, the sick, the good, the bad, all. Jesus, the man who can relate to loss, pain, hurt, agony, struggle, good times, victory, triumph. And as the son of God, because we are sons and daughters of God. We're not finished Peter, this is the fourth one, Peter had the authority to use the fullness of Christ's name. He said, rise up and walk. And I'm going to stop with this point. Next week, we'll pick up with what actually happened. He grabbed his right hand, and that is absolutely significant. But he had the authority. Why did Peter have the authority that came from the four identities of Jesus? And Was Peter special? Was Peter called aside? Was Peter any different than you and I? No. But what Peter did changed everything. So why? It's because of what he had been through, number one. Is he'd been through the storms. He'd been through the supernatural experiences. He'd been through the betrayal. He's been through violence. He'd been through denial. He'd been through death. He's been through the resurrection. And he had been through the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. But it's not just because of what he had been through. It was also because how he walked through it. He walked through each of those scenarios with faith. He walked through each of those scenarios with commitment. He walked... Through each of those scenarios submissively. He walked through each of those scenarios responsively. So we see that Peter went through all these scenarios. And we see that Peter had the the, the proper characteristics to walk through all these scenarios. And then we see what he was willing to do after it all. He was willing to go. He was willing to preach. He was willing to pray. He was willing to do whatever God had called him to do. Why was he able to exercise the fullness of Jesus' authority through him as a son of God and through him as a son of man? Because what he experienced and what he went through and how he remained and what he did. And all that is the same thing that we can do. 
We have been through storms. We have had supernatural experiences. We have been through betrayal. We have been through violent issues. We have been through denial. We have been through death. We have experienced through faith the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And we have experienced tangibly the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. But the question is, how do we deal with it all? Do we deal with it in faith? Do we deal with it committed? Do we deal with it submissively? Do we deal with it with a positive and a good faithful response to God? How do we deal with it? And then what do we do with it? Do we go? Do we preach? Do we pray? And do we say, send me, Lord. Not my will, but your will be done. Peter did all this, and because he did all this, he was able to exercise the fullness of Jesus' authority. But it's all rooted in Faith. Faith. He had entered into a new dimension of faith. His faith wasn't just about him, but his faith was about the ones that was looking at him. Let me say that again. His faith wasn't just about him, but his faith was also about the ones looking at him. That was a telltale sign that his faith, his trust, his walk with God had changed. And that is what will lead us to a new dimension of faith. Which will position us to be in the same position that Peter was in. Amen? God wants to use you. God wants to use me. Outside of normal circumstances. But it takes us entering into a new level of faith, a new dimension of faith, in order for that to happen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us. We hope God spoke to you personally and continues to encourage you throughout the day and the coming week. We'll see you next time. Thank you.